Welcome to Old Eyes, New Glasses, a podcast about relationships, family, and how emotional intelligence impacts our lives. My name is Avery Baker, and my dad is Brian Baker. It's a family joke that he's got the old eyes and I've got the new glasses, and that's how we got the name of our show. Together, we are the only father and son inspirational speaking duo on the circuit. This podcast is an extension of the messages we share with audiences we speak to, ranging from thousands of people at national conferences to high school gymnasiums with 1,200 students. Get ready to listen to some of the most dynamic, the most unique, and the most inspirational cross-generational conversations you've ever heard. So, Pops, to begin, I just want to check in with you. You know, uh, we're very aware of everything going on during this time uh, of COVID-19. And so I just want to check in with you. How you doing? Mental health, physical health. How's everything holding up? You know, things are things are good. Uh, they really, really are. You know, it's uh, it, there's a silver lining and everything. This too shall pass. But it's it's interesting, man. You know, I, I kind of view uh, what's happening now through the lens of somebody who just loves sports and and completely miss uh, watching the NCAA men's basketball tournament. I, I, I think our era of COVID-19 is about uh, surviving and advancing, just like uh, in, in, in the tournament, right? Surviving and advancing. What's that? NC State, Jim Valvano. The Jim Valvano, correct, correct. So, um, but everything is, is good. You know, as I always say, you know, like if, if, if my family's good, I'm good. And, and that's the case right now. So, you know, as Auntie Rosie says, uh, one of your aunts, God willing, in the creek don't rise. Uh, everything, everything is copacetic. So, how about you, man? How's everything for you? Yeah, I think that um, you know it's it's been some ebbs and flows. Uh, there's been some highs and lows through the last two months that you know we've been on on um, stay at home lockdown. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm an extrovert, so it's really uh, it's really hitting me hard not being able to uh, to see all my friends and just go out and hang out. But you're right. I do think there's some silver linings here. And I think that um, for me, one of the silver linings that uh, I've been working on during this whole time has been meditation and mm. mindfulness. And I've been really trying to stay consistent with that to, uh, you know, kind of help me with some of the stress and some of the anxiety that um, that's just kind of natural for what we're dealing with right about now. So yeah, this so, yeah, is new. I, this is this is this is new territory, man. I, I get you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So for this for uh, for this episode, we wanted to talk about a uh, a blog, actually, a blog that we wrote, um, and, and it's one that you can find on our website, which is AveryandBrian.com, and uh, we have a blog under the same name as this podcast, Old Eyes, New Glasses, and. Um, so, Pops, I'll let you go ahead and, and share with everybody what that blog post is and when we when we wrote this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as we were uh, putting together the the subject matter for this. For this episode, we thought we'd go and revisit a blog that we wrote back in December, right before we spoke at the National Head Start Family Engagement Conference. And, and the, the title of this blog was A Parent's Guide to creating quality time. And it's interesting because um, uh, two years ago, an organization by the name of Visit Anaheim did a study on uh, quality time that families spend together. And it found that on average, families only spend 
37 minutes a day of quality time during the week. Now, on the weekends, that, that goes up a little higher. But during the week, 37 minutes is, is the, uh, the, the average amount of time. That's nothing. That's less than a, a Law & Order episode, man. Right. So when we wrote this blog we could, right before that conference, um, it was apropos for the conference, obviously. But fast forward to, to what we're dealing with now with this COVID-19 uh, virus and the, the guide to creating quality time is really relevant now. Because even though you know, p- families are kind of hunkered down in a 24-hour lockdown, uh, honestly, it still doesn't mean that quality time is being spent. So in this particular blog, uh, you know, we, we, we laid it out, um, we put out some points, some principles, uh, and some practical examples of how to do that. So I don't know, Abe, you want to share with everybody just a, a couple of uh, a couple of the points that we made, and then we'll just kind of dive into them one by one. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we outlined some general principles for uh, how to spend quality time. And then we also listed some practical examples of spending quality time. And I and like you said, Pops, I really think it's relevant for what we're dealing with now because when we wrote this, um, we were, you know, talking about this of the mindset that, yeah, families just aren't spending enough time together. And now we're in this moment where we're constantly around each other. But we still need to kind of learn and realize how are we spending the time with one another even we're if even though we're in the same you know house or in the same vicinity doesn't mean that we're still spending quality time with one another. well let me add let me add this real quick i'm glad that you have your own place right now and that uh you know you're not you're not with me 24 hours seven days a week i love you man but uh you know being in the same crib and, and, when you're 24 years old, yeah, that's uh, that's working for me right now. Touche, my guy. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, some of the uh, some of the general principles that we listed out, and in no particular order, but um, the first one was uh, discovering their interest, and we wrote this per, uh, this blog again from the perspective of a parent. Um, and so how what is some of the what are some of the ways that you can discover um, your kids interests, Pops? I'll, I'll mm-hmm. let you uh, take this away. Yeah. Well, so so when when you and Justin uh, were smaller, I, I had the uh, the benefit of your grandfather uh, kicking me down some knowledge when you were very young. He just simply said, you know, let them figure out what it is that they like tune into that and then just guide them down the road towards the things of their liking. And so, you know, that's what I did. And one of the things that was very interesting when it came to you um, was that you would come at the age of four or five and just sit down and watch whatever game on television that I was watching. You know, it, it didn't matter if it was football, baseball or basketball, you would just come and sit down and watch it and you were just enthralled by you wouldn't ask any questions. You just sit there and watch it. And it was very it was very interesting to me because you know you were really into this thing. And as subsequently as you got a little bit older, it was funny because you had a lot of knowledge about sports at the age of nine and ten 
that other kids never had. And so, you know, I kind of directed you towards sports. That was your interest, right? You played, you played baseball, you know, you played football, you played basketball. For Justin, it was a little bit different. Justin was always in to art and that was his thing, right? He liked, he liked painting, he liked drawing, um, he liked music, uh, that was his thing. So subsequently, dude um, gets pushed in that direction by, by me and mama um, because he kind of vibes on that. We put him in, in, in a, summer, uh, a summer camp, an uh, art summer camp, and then lo and behold, like my man graduated from UCLA's theater, film, and television program, and so it's just one of those things that, uh, as kids, as 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 parents, I should say, you know, I think it's important that you take some time to discover the the interest of your children. But I also think that it's important that we take time to discover the interest of you know our loved ones or whoever's in our tribe as well, because um, you know we we can we can be supportive. Uh, of the things that that our other family members do as well, but you have to you have to take some time to be interested in what they're interested in. So yeah, that, yeah that's my take that, on that. That last point that you made about um, discovering the interests of your your partner or your significant other, um, that's that's pretty appropriate for the time because uh, on social media I've been seeing a lot of memes um, about uh, guys that just play video games all day and. Uh, oh wow ignore their girlfriends and and ladies aren't too happy with that <laughs> so wow uh, you know yeah i think i think uh you know guys let's let's uh take some time and discover the interests of your lady all right <laughs> because you might find out that, that you might find out that she's not very interested in you after the era of covid 19. or can i recommend that ladies hey you know what uh it's time to pick up the sticks pick up the paddles and uh <laughs> let's play some video games <laughs> Classic, but, um, classic. Going back, going back to what you were talking about with with me being very young and just gravitating to sports right away. I mean, some of my earliest memories are like of watching Stuart Scott uh, on SportsCenter, mm. um, breaking down the highlights. And uh, yeah, I think there's, um, I, I think, you know, it's some for for some people it might just come naturally. Um, like like what you're talking about. I just sat down in front of the TV, and maybe that was just because I wanted to spend time with my dad. Because, you know, you were always watching sports. And so I just figured, all right, well, he's watching it. So maybe I should watch it and get to know some of what's going on. And then, you know, that's what leads to me becoming a sports encyclopedia by the age of 12. But mm. um, but yeah, I think that, um, you know, I reflect on when um, we used to have family nights. And it would be a wide variety of topics. You know, early on, I realized that Justin wasn't a big fan of sports. And so that's how uh, music and theater and the arts got brought into my life and just and, and just us talking about it as a family. And I think you, um, you definitely did a good job of, uh, even though we had our own interests, meaning me and Justin, um, we mm -hmm. had our separate interests, you know, like, like we said, like I was into sports and he was into the arts. Um, you did a good job of making sure that, like, you inc you included both of us in each other's kind of favorite activity, um, so that there wasn't a, a huge divide, you know, because I feel like it would be very easy, you know, from the time that we were eight and six years old, if you never took me to any uh, plays or any concerts, or you never exposed me to that, and then had you never, you know, 
had Justin never gone to any of any of the sporting events that we went to as a family, there would have just been a, a disconnect for us um, growing up. But because you made sure to include both of us in those activities, I think that we both got those same experiences. And so for us, it still creates, you know, that bond and that sense of, of shared um, memories. And so I mm -hmm. think let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. So, you know, when, when you have children, um, you know, if your children like sports the way that you did, what sports, you know, what sports would you have your kids, whether it be a, a little girl, a little boy, what sports would you push them towards if they showed some interest in sports? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I've kind of adapted the thought that I would like my kids to probably not participate in uh, some dangerous contact sports, um, particularly football. I think uh, just with all the knowledge uh, about it, it's just, you know, not until they're older, you know, you didn't, you didn't let me play uh, Pop Warner until I was in sixth grade. And then I played sixth grade, eighth grade. And then I, when I got to high school and 10th grade, I played for three years there. But, um, but yeah, I would probably introduce them to some, so, some other sports that honestly weren't even introduced to me like tennis and um and soccer you know i wasn't i wasn't uh, a soccer kid growing up but over time i've developed a a liking for the game and so i'm like hmm you know there there's there's just so many sports i, I kind of stuck to the traditional uh, american path of football basketball baseball but um yeah tennis maybe even golf although i i, I can't see myself uh, teaching my kids golf because personally golf is the the hardest and most agonizing sport to play and so it will be really really that's selfish of me I know but it would be really tough to watch my kids or even just try, you know try to go play golf with them because I'm gonna just drill the ball into the ground but um, mm -hmm. but yeah those I would say I would say some of the less traditional sports um, okay I would introduce them to at an early age just to see if they like it and and if not um, then yeah, you know, I think it, I, I kind of always uh, feel like when I have kids, I want to introduce them to everything. And obviously that's a lot easier said than done. And who knows the first thing I introduce them to, they might like, and then that might be it. Yeah. So uh, there's yeah. that scenario too. And then there's also the scenario on the other end where it's like six or seven things and it's like nothing's clicking and, and it'll take them, you know, some years and going through life and college to eventually find it and so i think that's uh that's the beauty of it but you know you sound lucky that uh we we found our interest very early on yeah i mean it was it was it was kind of cool it worked out well for us so what is another what's another principle um that you want to share with everybody that that we laid out for quality time in this blog yeah so the second one that i want to talk about is showing appreciation and mm. um, I think I think you did a really good job of this at times. Um, I think <laughs> <that> <laughs> if we're if we're being candid, I, I think there was times where you um, you could have expressed appreciation. I, I like to say that my dad at times operated on a "What have you done for me lately?" basis, <laughs> and so um, you know with that. Uh, but but again, I, I do I do think that there were a lot of times where you showed appreciation. Um, while pushing us. An example of this I have is back when I was in high school in the 11th grade, um, I had a Spanish test, really big Spanish test that I needed to study for. 
and uh, and I ended up getting a pretty decent grade. I think I got like an 89%, which is a B plus. And so um, I couldn't wait to go home and show my dad because you know, he always wanted to, to check in with us, see how school was going. Um, we had this online platform called PowerSchool. Some of you that are, that are listening, you may be familiar with PowerSchool, but it's a uh, online grading system where um, schools can upload grades and, and students and or parents can also check the grade progress uh, for the assignments. So um, when when I got my grade, I got home and I told my dad, you know, go ahead and log on to PowerSchool. I just got a new grade update. And uh, he sees that I got a B plus on my Spanish test. And the first thing that he says is congratulations, you know, like good job. And I'm like, okay, cool. And right after that, he's like, so you couldn't get an A minus? And so it was just like, damn. You know, like uh, where, where, you know, I, I really, I, I gave it my all and I got a good grade and, and to your credit, you said good job, but you always, uh, you, you know, you always looked for us to give it that extra, that extra oomph, that extra effort and to try to give it our all. And so, but showing appreciation is so crucial. Yeah. Well, look, like, I, like you just said, I did show you some appreciation. I gave you the, the congratulations, the attaboy. But yeah, man, don't take your foot off the the, the, the pedal. You know, get, get you an A minus if you could. But the, the appreciation thing is interesting because, you know, one of the things that you and I talk about when we speak in front of audiences, um, we talk about how you build trust um, in relationships. And that's whether they be your personal relationships or, you know, if we're talking to a, a, a business or a uh, um, we're in a different setting where we're just talking specifically about workplaces. How do you build trust in workplaces? And one of the ways that you build trust in life is by showing people appreciation. Uh, I mean, it's, it's so it's so crucial that you know that we that we praise people uh, and show positive reinforcement and congratulate them when they do things uh, and they do them well or they do something for you. Um, oftentimes we just take, we take things for granted and we don't thank people, uh, the way that we should when they do things in our life, but that's a, a wonderful way of, of building trust. And so your mom and I always believe that showing appreciation, uh, is, is something that we need to do as parents. But again, it's, it's something that we just need to do in our relationships, period. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, who, who it is in, in our relationships. Uh, we don't want to take anybody or anything for granted. So that's a wonderful principle, um, you know, to, to when you're spending quality time together is to make sure that, that you're showing appreciation during that quality time. I hope a lot of that is going on right now. Yeah, and, and you kind of alluded to it, but that is, that is definitely, um, that, that's just an admirable trait, admirable trait to have as a person. And um, you can see, you know, one of the things I noticed very on, very early on growing up is the way you conducted yourself and you were really big on manners and courtesy. And sometimes when you would tell people just in the simplest of interactions, when you would tell them, thank you, um, I would notice that like, that would sometimes really make people's day or it mm -hmm. would just, you could see in their face and that by their reaction that they, had, they hadn't heard a thank you for whatever that they were doing in a long time and and then it's funny to see somebody reply to a thank you with a thank you 
Like, yeah. Thank you for noticing yeah. what I'm doing. Well, I'll give you I'll give you a, a, an example of that right now as as the whole country and the whole world is going through this virus situation. You know, every single time that I go out the house to go somewhere, whether it be to the grocery store, to the hardware store, to to you know Walgreens, the pharmacy, uh, wherever I go. Um, the one thing that I am saying to everyone who's working in those places that I appreciate what you're doing, mm. because I think it would be easy to um, take what they do for granted in this time. They're not getting paid, you know, a ton of money. They have uh, families that they are um, supporting. Uh, they are um, risking their lives. Uh, I mean, I never thought that we'd say, hey, you go work at the grocery store, you're risking your life. Um, but they're risking their lives by being exposed every single day. And yet they're showing up to do it to make sure that that people could, uh, you know, uh, buy what they need in order to, you know, make it through this thing. And so that, that, that that's where appreciation is big. So five months ago, we write this blog, we talk about it. Now more than ever, I just think it's important to share with people that are doing things for us in this time to make sure that they know that they are appreciated. And every single time I do it, um, you know, they, they say thank you. And they're pretty gleeful about it because I just don't think that they're getting it enough from a lot of people. So I just wanted to add that. Yeah, no, that was that was nice. Yeah. So let's get into some of the practical examples of uh, mm. quality time that we listed in this blog. The first one uh, is eat family meals. And so um, I think that this can this might be happening a lot more for a lot of people. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, I hope it is. Uh, I hope I hope people are finding the time to at least have dinner together, maybe even have breakfast together mm -hmm. um, during this time. And that I mean that's really uh, one of the easiest and most effective ways to spend quality time with the people that you live with. Yeah. Um, you know, we all kind of know about like dinner table talk. I mean, that's just that's just a very natural, um, easy conversation to have. And and sometimes those can be the most impactful conversations that that you can have. And uh, one of the ways that we often shared a meal together growing up when I was growing up and in our household is we divvied up the process of making the meal. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, even down to setting the table and then after we eat, sharing the, the process of doing the dishes, mm -hmm. um, you know, even though th that generally fell fell on my plate. But uh, <laughs> I, I just happen to have the best hand washing abilities in the house. But, you did it uh, so well, said you did it so well. You know, it's it's a gift, really. Um, not everyone <laughs> can. You're cursed. You're cursed with that gift. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was it was it was always cool to see you know when when you know one of us was prepping and then one of you either you or mama was on the was on the grill or was on the stove um, cooking whatever it is and uh, and then and then the other one of us is setting the table and mm -hmm. I think just kind of um, you guys showing us and walking us through doing some of these things from a from a very early age from you know seven and eight years old and us sharing a meal it just, it just became second nature and um yeah it it, it was just a, a nice habit for us to form 
Yeah, I mean, look, as you mentioned, the opportunity to just share a meal together, you know, hopefully multiple times a week, people are taking advantage of that because it is um, really the easiest way to 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 spend some quality time. You mentioned dinner time conversations. Um, those were always fun because, you know, it's the end of the day, kind of talking about, you know, how each other's day was, you know, what happened in school uh, that particular day, what, what happened uh, in the job, what are the plans that we have, you know, for the upcoming weekend. But, you know, it was just, a, it was relaxing and it was enjoyable to do. And, you know, I like when both of you guys are, home uh even now where we could just sit down together because you know one of the biggest things that um we were fortunate enough to have in our in our household was laughter and um i you know i i, I so um implore people to uh to incorporate humor and laughter uh into their lives into the lives uh, of their family and there's no better time to do that when you're sitting down and breaking bread together and having a meal together so you know our encouragement to all of the audiences particularly when we're talking about family engagement stuff is to figure out ways to make sure that you're spending time together and meals are the easiest they're really the easiest way to do it right right definitely yeah. uh the, the another example of uh spending some quality time together is is actually scheduling some one-on-one -on -one time Mm. Um, I think that's really important, especially uh, for families, um, and, and especially if you got a, a if you're part of a large family, uh, because and th and this isn't even just from a parent perspective. This is especially true for uh, partners and significant mm -hmm. others um, mm -hmm. to, to spend to get to find some one on one time um, with with somebody else in your household. A lot of times we get caught up with all four of us or all five of us or all six of us. And, and while that's beautiful, and we definitely are encouraging families to spend a lot of time together with everyone, it's also mm -hmm. very beneficial and, and you know, it can be um, a little bit more intimate and a little bit more, you can, you can just discover some more things if you're spending some one-on-one -on -one time. Uh, and yeah. I think that's really important. And, and, and I really also think the, the schedule aspect of this tip is, is, also important for this time and um this is something that i'm learning is just scheduling my day right now is is even more important than before because i'm just always in the same or not always but for the most part i'm in the same place all day long and mm -hmm. so if i'm not giving myself natural breaks um from work and or natural breaks from if it's playing video games then like it just i just find myself getting caught in a loop um where where i don't have any sort of structure so mm -hmm. that's 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 a kind of it's a twofold thing scheduling one-on-one -on -one time and also just scheduling in general well you know so early on uh in this in this uh, episode you mentioned uh about uh, you you going to um, you know concerts that that Justin had or or plays that he was involved in, and then you know him going to um, sporting events. You know whether we're going to a, an Oakland A's game or a Sacramento Kings basketball game. You know him coming there, uh, and that was all cool. 
But reflecting back, I, I really enjoyed the one on one time that I had with each of you because, you know, you didn't always go you know, to the theater. If something if there was a, a, a play in town or some sort of a, some sort of a concert that I knew that he would be interested in, you know, I would just take him or mama would just take him. Right. But when it came to a sporting event uh, that we would go, whether it's a high school football game uh, that was happening or a high school basketball game or, you know, a, a Sacramento Rivercats game, you know, that would be an outing that, you know, you and I could have uh, with each other. So, yeah, it is important that we that we have the one on one time, because what it really does, it allows you um, to really learn more about, you know, your kid. And or to learn more about, you know, again, the people that are meaningful uh, in your life when you spend that time together. I mean, it's, you know, there there some meaningful conversations can take place um, during those times that sometimes we otherwise would miss if we didn't put ourselves uh, in, in the position to have that sort of an interaction. And so, yeah, really, it really is important, you know, from a quality time perspective, from a uh, um, a building trust perspective uh, uh, that we that we carve out the the one on one time. The last thing I'll say about that is very interesting. Is um, you know when I was in corporate America and and uh, managing uh, and leading you know large teams of people, you know I would I would have one on one conversations um, you know every week or every other week with uh, with with the uh, managers who were reporting to me. And a lot of the principles that I used in those one-on-one -on -one interactions at the job, I actually, the foundation of that came from the one-on-one -on -one interaction that I had uh, within our house. And so it was very, very valuable uh, for me uh, to take those meaningful interactions into the workplace. It made me a better leader of people. It made me um, uh, you know, a, a better listener uh, uh, to my people. And so, you know, we, these things are interchangeable. You can use um, the stuff uh, at home at work, and then you can use the things that you, that you gain at work and incorporate them uh, into your home. And so like, if you're, if you're open to that and you're looking, you know, to, to, to grow in, in, in multiple ways, that's how you do it. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's being resourceful. That's just that's that's uh, killing two birds one stone right there. Indeed. The last Indeed. The, the last uh, example of quality time that uh, we can go over is actually I'm I'm going uh, not not off of the blog, but um, this mm. is just something that that I was thinking about as we've been talking about, and and that's teaching each other something. I mm. think that is really uh, really beneficial right about now. Um, considering that we're spending so much time with the people that we live with, uh, this kind of this tip kind of brings together all of the other tips that we were talking about with discovering the interest, showing appreciation, um, and then even scheduling the one-on-one -on -one time together. I think as per parents, now would be a, a great time for you to not only to teach your kids something, but for to have your kid teach you something. Um, I think this would be a great time for you to get to know uh, and learn about some of the things that your kids um, like doing, some of the apps that they like using, some of the videos that they like watching, some of the cartoons that they like. I mean, all of these things. I think now more than ever, while you have the time, 
it's really important to 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 get to know your kid and and having them teach you something is the best way for them to um for 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 them to feel like oh wow like whatever they're doing and what they like has value mm. so uh, it, go ahead no I, I mean no no you're no you're right i mean it it it, it reminds me of a, a study um that uh, that i saw a few months back actually and it was talking about um the younger generation today um often feels like there's a, a a void in their relationship with their parents because their parents are are not really well versed on on social media or technology mm-hmm. and and so as a result of that you know they are feeling like uh well if my parent can't help me in 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 the area of technology and the stuff that i'm dealing with on a daily basis then you know what do I really need them around for? I mean, this is what the study was was focused on. I thought it was was very interesting that relationships are kind of getting harmed that way. And so, to your point, I think as as older uh, people, as parents, we do need to spend some time um, kind of getting schooled, if you will, by uh, by our children. Uh, so we can understand what it is, what's of interest to them, but also how we can be better uh, at the things that um, that they're gravitating to, so we can participate in it with them. And so, um, you know, I've learned a lot uh, as I've gotten older from you and Justin um, now, and I'm greatly appreciative of the different perspectives. It doesn't mean that you always agree. Right. I mean, you know, you and I work together, and you know, behind the scenes. You know, and sometimes it's just, you know, we can't make a decision <laughs> without like going at it. I mean, we can always agree to disagree and not fall out over it. But at the same time, you know, we will go run into your mom, you know, you know, asking her to be a neutral party in this because it's just kind of like, yo, like you got this generational view on it. I have this generational view on it, but we still are continuing to learn from each other. And so that's the um that's the beauty of it, man. But look, that happens when you when you put in the time to have good relationships, and and uh, you know it don't come it don't come like that if you're not willing to put in time. Hey, absolutely, amen to that. Well, on that note, um, we will uh, we will wrap it up there. Um, we hope that you found some of these tips useful, and that maybe you even agree with some of them, and uh, you might even have some of your own tips that you've been implementing during this time but um but yeah until next time uh please like and comment uh below uh below the podcast and and uh we hope to stay connected with you and uh, until next time live positively all right take care